Welcome back to the Beers and Steers podcast, episode five. Texas has survived the mighty Rice Owls and their fourth string quarterback. Poor kid. I didn't even realize that they got to the third string, much less their fourth string. That, yeah, that it was, was sad. That was a not good day for them. <laughs> Anyways, we're back. Another week. Another cover. Texas is now two and one against the spread going into the um going into the fourth week of the season. We'll get into that opponent later. Um, but going in to that game, the Rice game, like I mean it was a get right game, and I think we got right. But we'll get into all that. Uh first, John, do you have a beer of the week? Um, I do. So I was pulling up some statistics from the game. But yeah, beer of the week is coming out of Lubbock. Shout out to Braxton Arnold and oh. B Rabbit. And then Arnold and every other Arnold that <laughs> I can't think of anyone else that lives in No, the, the youngest ones I think of Fiji right now. Yes, congratulations. Good to be one. Um shout out to Brewery LBK. This is now the second time we have given um, them the Beer of the Week award. And I'm gonna go with a beer that I would not like at all, but I know guys like Will Wild, Webb Elliott, and probably you actually. I'd like this um, social social justice warrior. Oh, it's Irish whiskey flavored <laughs> stout. <laughs> it is probably the darkest. That's, a, that's a deep cut joke. Um, if you threw Ford and Wild in there, then that's even yeah. <laughs> An Irish whiskey flavored milk stout. That just sounds disgusting to me. But give it a try. I love you, man. <laughs> Even though... <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right, let's get into rice. I'm uh, glad you got that. We, we won. Uh, we, we covered by a lot. We we doubled the cover, actually. Uh, we ran the ball a lot. We only threw the ball 21 times, but our yards per carry was over 10. Uh, rice was who they were, who we thought they were. Cue the old NFL club. Uh, I... I don't know. They look good. A, a shutout is a shutout. I know that they got to their four-string quarterback, but still, like you didn't even let them get close to sniffing a field goal. That's always good and always makes you feel a little bit better about the defense, especially from the week before. Um, but getting to the offense, let's just go real quick into the highlights. I mean, Bijan going to Bijan. Uh, I he played very very well, but I think. I saw more exciting – like, I was more excited for Roshan's big run and Keelan's big run than I was for Bijan's, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Especially Roshan's. That was badass. That was really cool. And he deserved all of I'm not going to like Robinson's run. Ke- like, he was in, like, fast-forward mode and everyone else was just normal. Keelan's was – Keelan's was sexier. Roshan's, I was more excited for Roshan more, if that makes sense. I don't want to give Keelan like the game ball though, with like a block punt and yeah, had. like it was just an all around good game for him. That was the block punt was something that was very. I saw someone broke it down and basically on the first punt or was that the third punt we blocked? I can't remember, but on the previous their previous punt, they saw that the punter was drifting pretty far to his right and the uh, protectors weren't noticing, weren't drifting with him, and then I don't know who was right next to Keelan who really took up the blocker or the protector but they obviously schemed that pretty hard from a special teams coach standpoint so good on them i mean i guess that's banks um 
that was freaking awesome. But yeah, Keelan probably does get the game ball, I guess. When was the last time we blocked a point? I think we randomly did one last year. Gosh, I can't remember. I can't remember any last year. But I, I mean, know, we, that's the sad thing. I during the game, someone asked me when was the last time we blocked a point. I, I feel like we weirdly got one last year, but I could not pinpoint it. Yeah, I'm trying to think, running through my head. Or I really Sorry, don't remember. I'm, going off, I'm getting off script from offense, so keep going on offense. No, you're good. I mean, there's we're going through this quick. Casey looks solid against a really bad secondary. The pick was not not good. It wasn't entirely on him. He had a free rusher right in his face, but yeah. it's okay. I'll take it this week if it's a you know uh, that type of mistake, first start mistake. I'll take it against Rice rather than against TCU or against OU or Tech, even for that matter. So I think that was fine with that. It's still his job to lose, no matter – no questions. I think he looked good enough to, you know, really seal him in that role for the next at least two weeks. You know, well, I take that back. Definitely this week at least. Well, we're – yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, it, it's definitely – I mean, what I assume they announced he's a starter, right? Yeah. Okay, so – what were your thoughts on, I mean, the offensive line by no means was impressive to me. Um, and I think that's like everyone's concern. Um, Bijan can make plays on his own if given like just a minimal gap. But there were some like, I mean, it's that that interception was kind of a good play. There was a lot of pressure on Casey for yeah. a really nice team. Yeah, the 15 of 18 doesn't really spell out the whole – pass blocking uh picture i will say i know it's rice but their d-line actually isn't terrible no. like i was no that nose tackle isn't awful no i, I promise you i don't care no that is I, not I'm, okay well no you excuse. don't have to believe me i don't i, I don't think they look great either what are you is there a is it a like we need to mix things up with personnel wise? Is it see that's the question? Is like it, you know do you take Okafor out and put in Carrick, or do you slide uh, Kerstetter over to left guard and put Carrick in at right tackle, or do you put Kerstetter in at center, Carrick at right tackle, and keep Okafor in? It's just this whole like Jenga puzzle where are you going to put guys? And I, I don't think there's a right answer. I know everyone's screaming for Okafor's head. I wouldn't be that upset if Carrick started over, over Okafor, but yeah. there's a couple run plays where Okafor blocks really well. So now yeah. in pass p- protection, he's terrible. But I think Okafor is like the low-hanging fruit or kind of like the – He definitely is. For a lot of bigger issues. Um, Carrick seems to be the one on Twitter that I see a lot of people are calling for him to be out there. Um, and I, I – I don't know if that's necessarily a, a huge improvement. At least it's something new. And I think that's what people want to see is at least something new. Maybe someone that actually like cares out there. That, that's that- what I was going to say is when those second team guys came in, they they were competing. Yeah. Like they did not care. I think especially Carrick was leading the charge on that one. I love seeing that. You, you haven't seen that type of fight from a second string, especially O-lineman in a long, long time. Yeah, no. I, I, I think, you, yeah, I'd be fine with it. It doesn't sound like they're going to make any changes according to the depth chart and practice reports. But who knows? Maybe, you know, you stall out the first two drives, give up a bad tackle for loss or something, you know, you're out. You tell Okafor, like, it's yours to lose, but you you mess up once and you're out. 
I think that's fine. You tell Carrick that you know, you're you're the next guy. You're the sixth guy. You're the first guy off the bench. I was glad that we kind of cleaned up like the holdings and false starts at least. Yep. I know it's such a small thing to say versus Rice, but at least we <laughs> improved that. Two penalties. I mean, that you can't you can't hate on that. Uh, yeah, it was a it wasn't fifty. What was it fifty eight points? Was it fifty eight or fifty nine? Fifty eight. Fifty eight points. You can't say bad things about that. The yards per carry. I know it's Rice. I know it's Rice. I know it's Rice. But still. You didn't play down your opponent, especially on offense when you had when you laid a fucking egg the week before. Uh, going over to defense, uh, the one I think the big concern is this D line still isn't like unbelievable. I know it's a shutout, but I didn't see anything that was like, "Wow, that was a great play." I feel like Keandre finally made himself known a little bit in this game, which was nice. Eh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm still expecting. I guess there was so much. I had so much expectations for them going into the season that I thought they'd be just all over these guys, and they weren't at all. Ovi had a sack, and I think it, yeah, two tackles for losses. He played well, but Tavondre, Keandre, uh, Alfred Collins didn't see a whole lot. We did see Byron Murphy play the second. Byron Murphy the second, excuse me, that was pretty badass. Um, same with Myron Warren, but. Yeah. You know, I didn't get, speaking of the defense, and sorry to cut you off there, but I did not get why Rice kicked that, like, attempted that field goal when they were, it was like 7-0 or whatever. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I think – Oh, it's so dumb. The guy's longest, <laughs> longest field goal attempt or made field goal was 25 yards. <laughs> uh, I think it was 25 yards, or maybe it was smaller than that, and then with the penalty, it got to 25 yards. Uh it's, like, you're not going to keep up kicking field goals. Like, what, what no. was the point? I, mean, I, I feel like that was the only drive where our defense really struggled. I mean, obviously, towards the end when the game didn't matter, they had all sorts of different personnel in there. But uh, I don't think this game is – I don't know. It's just like a – like you said earlier, we covered. We did what we needed to do. and <laughs> You didn't play down your opponent. That That's, I think, a good thing. It's not a great thing. It's a good thing. Well, it's a sh- it's a shutout. We did do that. We we always did that with Herman. We played down to Tulsa. We played down to Kansas. Yep. So that's that is a step in the right direction. Exactly. Uh, okay. Any other rice thoughts? I'm I'm tired of talking. I don't want. Um, the mob didn't play at halftime. I know. I know. That, was, that was one point I was going to make. I also was going to make a point that, I, like, I feel like it was a pretty decent crowd. The Longhorn Network did a good job. Of yes. From the pictures I saw on Twitter, I was like, whoa, it was actually pretty decent. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I thought it was pretty solid for a – I guess a 7 o'clock game obviously helps that, but yeah. 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 Okay, good talk. Uh, John, what were you doing tonight? You there? Yes. Oh, good to hear. Uh, wait, one other thing, though. It's a good transition there. Um, the south end zone seats, my God. We've got to figure something out there. And I actually heard what, what was going on with that whole deal. Oh, who uh, did you talk to? This evening was pretty fun. I Thursday evening. Yeah, a little soiree. Uh, I attended the Texas chapter gala this evening. Gala. Yes, I, did. I was probably the youngest person there, by the way. <laughs> um, but it was cool. It was a small event at um, an establishment off of River Oaks Boulevard. And 
we it was not like eighty or so people, and Christo Connie was there, um, and he was kind of the main spokesperson there. And the whole point is for, they sold tickets for scholarships for kids, yada yada yada. Yeah, but people were really just there to listen to Christo Connie, and then like halfway through it, as Chris was speaking, Vince Young came walking in, which was cool. Which is also kind of funny because he was there as a Texas Texas Houston chapter member. <laughs> also. So he is, as we all know, from. Uh, the city of Houston, but uh, cool event. Chris O'Connor stood up, gave his typical spiel about how it's great to be at the University of Texas and what starts here changes the world, and every dollar that goes there um, changes the life of somebody. You name it, all that. Then he opened it up for Q and A, and like everyone was asking questions from left to right on, uh, you know, the NIL stuff, the SEC, um, the. Uh, ticket headaches with mobile tickets. Imagine that in an older crowd. That, okay. I like the mobile tickets. You know, this guy was going after him because he tried to sell his tickets on StubHub and then tried to pull them off and he couldn't get them off and he had to go through StubHub to get them back. And Chris was like, yeah, that was your fault. But uh, not the point. Uh, he did a really good job. He, like you said, is a very good salesman um, and never really answered questions, but kind of made the person who was asking the question feel good by, you know, come up with this long winded answer. But he did talk about the South end zone for a decent amount of time. And his point to the person that asked, Hey, how come this, you know, amazing new South end zone is never full. It was kind of a big eyesore on TV, which was made mention multiple times by us in our previous podcast. Yep. I think everyone's kind of noticed it, but not said anything. Um, he's like, you know what? I had to, build that thing on bond i'm pretty sure he raised no money for it and the university is paying for it for the next 30 years um build that thing during covid uh, i only raised or i only got 10 percent of it donated or something i can't remember so much money that we the university owes for that thing for years he like literally just opened up it's like i don't give a crap if someone is in the suite spending money on alcohol <laughs> or sitting in the chair I need the money really bad. I mean, he just said it as it was. And yeah. like, wow, that's exactly what I didn't want to hear. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he played into the fact that Texas is a wine and cheese club. He knows it. Uh, he's trying to create an environment with the Texas Midway and all that. And I mean, he uh, made the point about how when he was at TCU, he was never, I mean, all of his teams were never intimidated to come play at Texas. So he's trying to create that. Um, but he always makes mention that like the unified Texas is what's, what's going to make us better. And we all got to be working towards mm -hmm. the same thing. And, and I, I don't disagree with him there, but frankly, winning, the answer to that question is just winning. Like people will be able to go sit down if you win. And that's just, until you do that, you're just not going to have a full stadium. So. Um, it solves cool. all issues. Did, did anyone ask any questions about baseball, like baseball yeah. stadium? Yeah, so he made mention of all the capital um, improvements he has done while he was there, um, including the baseball uh, improvements that have been done and are to be done, I believe. Um, obviously, talk about the Moody Center and then what his final, you know, cherry on top is is moving the practice football facilities to the social work location uh, building location, uh, but that is about three or four years out because. That's just, just too much going on right That's now. That's a lot. Yeah. So, it, it was cool hearing him. Um, he he kind of mentioned the SEC stuff here and there. Um, you know, 
uh, walked around the question about the NIL and what his opinion on it was, uh, kept, you know, shedding light on to Vince Young was there to take pressure off of him. But uh, it was cool. Good, good experience to hear him speak in a smaller setting. I uh, definitely get why he was hired for the position because he's such a good salesman, but uh, did get to speak to Vince as well for a while. As most of y'all heard, he uh, was unable to get here to speak tonight, but he wished he, he thinks he'll be on a podcast later this year. And I'm actually serious. <laughs> about that. Ooh. Uh, so I asked him, you know, what I, I was able to extend the conversation by saying that, Hey, I'm friends with Nikki Hetherington and the podcast that you, I'm sorry, the, documentary that you all produced you know last year or whenever it was was truly the best representation of of that whole season and the build-up and whatnot he said no I completely agree they did a great job just happened to be a part of it uh and then he opened up to me about like what he's up to in life and his kid goes to guess where his kid goes to right now actually Madison Kincaid school so uh. good for him yes I asked him if he's purple or gold, and he was like, what? I was like, oh, don't, don't worry about that. We'll figure that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll figure that out later. Well, so, cool event. Glad to hear it. But, yeah, the south end zone deal really kind of, like, threw me off guard. But I get it because he just wants the most – He just needs money right now. most money possible coming in, especially after 2020. And if those who are paying $60,000 to have a suite in the south end zone don't want to go sweat their ass off in a seat um, – for three quarters of a game, he doesn't care because they're spending money up top on alcohol. So, you know, at, at some point, you're just gonna have to separate them, right? Like you're just gonna you're gonna only be able to do one. I don't know why that wasn't there to begin with, but whatever. Yeah, yeah it looks terrible whenever someone kicks uh, into that end zone. Yeah, um, pretty big eyesore. I don't think it's going anywhere, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Good report, Johnny. Hopefully we can follow up on our uh, friend Vincent and uh, maybe get him on uh, the podcast. Just get him calling for 10 minutes would be unbelievable. I, uh, I can't imagine being him, man. Like that, He literally spent an hour just rotating, doing picture, picture, picture. Yes. Picture. And yeah, he's got, I mean, he's used to that by now, right? Yeah, he's got to be. I mean, I, the other question I asked him was like, what is it like when you walk in the Rose Bowl? Uh, it was kind of cool. He just said it feels like home. I was like, all right, that was pretty sweet. So, I mean, yeah, he's won two of the best games there in the past 50 years. So, yeah, no, he, he, uh, he's living the life for sure. But no, it, it was cool. Um, good to be in that environment and see that there is still people that are passionate about the university and whatnot. And it's definitely, definitely, uh, exciting to see those kind of things going on. Definitely. All right, let's get back to some actual football this week. Texas Technical Red Raiders coming down to Austin. 11 a.m. kick on Fox, yes. Right? That did not seem very – I don't know. Uh, it is ABC. ABC, yeah, we get the AB, we get the um, A, A team, the 11 – 11 a.m. A team because we're yeah we're on ABC. It's not Burke, Burke. Okay, good. No, it is not the Big D. Um, <laughs> that's mean. I like Doris Burke. Oh, that's, she's great. I know. I, I didn't like that. That, that, that yeah, that was rude. That's rude. If <laughs> if, if Doris Burke's listening to this, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it, Doris. <laughs> no, we get we get Pash. Or I guess I mean I'm gonna be there, but you get Pash, uh, Dvorak, and then Luganville on the sideline. I like Luganville on the sideline. He's really good. Anyways, 
Texas Tech, Nicole, 11 a.m. Uh, they are 3-0, and undefeated, with close yeah. wins over U of H and Stephen F. Austin. But then they trounced FIU last weekend. Uh, but, yeah, Stephen F. Austin, they won 26-22. And U of H, I think they won, like, 52 to, like, Oh, sorry, 38-21. Yeah, weirdly enough, they were down like 21 to 7 late in the third quarter or late in the Oh, at halftime. Yeah, they were down they were down 21-7 at halftime. I guess yeah, into the third quarter. Then they scored... Started drinking too much at uh at halftime. No kidding. Then they scored 30 then they scored uh 20 no 31, yeah. 31 on math that you unanswered. Wow. Oh, they had a pick six too. Anyways. Tyler, uh yeah, they've got what's his name matt wells is the coach looks like it's going to be a much better team from last year he's kind of taking a a juco type of strategy to plug in some key positions at left tackle tight end uh safety kind of all it's really more on the defense it's like i think six or seven starters from their defense is either a transfer or juco guy something crazy like that and i think they have four or five fifth year starters just on the defense, pretty impressive stuff. But anyways, their quarterback speaking is a transfer. The Tyler Shug, shoe, shoe, Shug. I, I don't know. He's from Oregon, six five, the decent arm, not the best decision maker, quickest decision maker, but still a threat. Can't put the ball where do you, where it is when he wants to. Um, running backs, solid, probably the best overall core um, on this team. Taj Brooks is getting the most carries, but that Sir Roderick Thompson was hurt and came back last week. Y'all remember? Him oh, last I forgot year. about that guy. He's still around. Sir Roderick. That's the is. name that, like, literally, I'll, I'll like, you know, once a year when we talk about him, it just like makes me happy to hear. It's Sir Roderick, but I mean, you gotta call him Sir Roderick. You know, like, I'm not. Yeah, but anyways, he he came back this past week, um, and is likely going to get a few more carries. He only got four carries last week. I'm, guarantee you he gets a lot more um than that he kind of tore us up last year didn't he i, I mean remember they, yeah we were just listening to it i forgot about that yeah he did he had 100 104 rushing yards on 16 carries two touchdowns with a long of 75 yeah he had that long touchdown of 75 yards uh moving over receivers the horns now. what an idiot oh yeah god i forgot about that that was incredible uh movement of receivers they probably had the best receiver in the conference definitely an all-conference probably an all-american and eric Azukanma comma don't ask me to pronounce that number 13 he's like a legit 6'3 220 reminds me of colin johnson real tough to take down goes up and climbs a ladder great hands great route runner this guy's very very legit can you know run the screen shed a few tackles and get first down very easily uh everyone else are on their receiver they have a great tight end he's like six eight god what's that guy's name he's freaking huge uh it's like the most white guy tight end yeah mason tharp he's six eight and then travis Koontz, number 15 he's also uh solid tight end split out more than tharp but still very good look for, target those guys in the red zone they do it all the time uh o-line's o- decent Left tackle um, is a transfer from TCU. His name's like Starman or something like that. Uh, right side, not as good, not as much depth or seniority, whatever experience. 
this is not your Mike Luke spread offense. I know it's tech. They're going to come out and there's going to be four wide receivers. They do not want to sit back and throw the ball 50 times a game. That's just not how they are. They don't trust Shug or Shug or whatever the hell his name is. They want to run the ball. They have good running backs. They're going to do it. They're going to spread you out quick on slants and screens and stuff with Izu Kanma or whatever, but they're going to run the ball. That's what they want to do. Get them, stop that. Don't get tired from the screens, especially early where they're trying to get everyone, uh, Keandre just, you know, absolutely winded. Stay calm and don't give up the, that big deep shot to one of the tight ends. I I, I think this offense is good, but it's this not a tech offense that, you know, is just that unbelievable they can score at will type that we've seen in the years past. Um, I don't know. Have you watched them at all? I watched a portion of the U of H game and they look terrible. Um, well, what I do know and what everyone knows is that it doesn't matter what Texas Tech has looked like prior to playing Texas because when they play Texas, they play up to us or we play down. It just is what it is. We could be – I mean, I truly – I don't think I can tell you the last time we blew Tech out. Yeah. No, that's true. It's always a tight game and somehow we've come out on top uh, but more often. Time, like a lot of the time we come out on top. Except but it's for- ugly. Those couple Thanksgiving games were like they did like a fake freaking kneel or a fake. Oh, I forgot they did that when it was like raining. Yeah, yeah that was bad. Like, like a ball like ping ponged off of two of our corners and like the little receiver. I can't remember what that guy's name was. It was so fast. Moon or the defense D line is not wow, the strength okay. in terms of uh, especially in terms of pass rush, <laughs> but against the run, okay, they're. Linebackers are very good, though. That Rico Jeffers <clears throat> is still there, and that Colin Schooler—that's Brendan Schooler's brother. There, yeah, they both are still there. I'm telling you, this defense is like the average age of this defense is like 23. Man, they're really old. Uh, DBs are nothing specials and pass defense, okay, and run support. I know it's Tech, and you just think all they're going to do is score and give up a lot of points. Yes, they almost lost to Stephen F. Austin, but they still only gave up 22 points, 21 to Houston, and they gave up 21 to Florida International. Not great, but they still have yet to give up over 22 points. We can't say that. So this is a decent team. I I saw a stat that Bill Connolly, who does the SP Plus um, advanced metric that got kind of bought by ESPN, he was tweeting about, if you take out all of his preseason inputs, basically, you know, how a team did last year, returning starters, all that. If you purely go off of what they've done this year first through the first three games, Texas Tech was number five in the nation compared to everyone else. Because I think a lot of the bend up break defense, not giving up a ton of points, still being able to score, light it up 50, run the ball a lot. So I'm – I'm scared. I, that line started at – some people say it started at 13, but I saw it at 10. The first time I saw it was at 10, and it's already at 7.5. So, big swing all the way down. It, this is this feels like one that comes down to a turnover or a special team score or something funky yeah. at the end. What's your – I mean, are you going to give a score prediction? or are you? Yeah, I'll say 35-30. I think it's, it's ugly, but we still pull something out. Jameson pick late or Jameson uh, punt return, something weird. You know, I'm interested it's tech. In- it's 11 a.m. It's going to happen. Exactly. Advantage tech for the 11 a.m. 
you yeah. know, aspect of the game. So what I'm interested in seeing is what what are we going to do differently that we haven't seen on offense yet that maybe we've been hiding. Hopefully there's something. Um, you know, hopefully Sark's got something up his sleeve with – I think Xavier Worthy, like, kind of coming out party last weekend was, was pretty fun yep. to see. We can see if we can continue that. Um, or maybe they go back to uh, Whittington. Um, we'll see what the kind of uh, shocking aspect of this game is going to be. I do think it's going to be close, um, but I fear that there's going to be a mistake made on our part that's going to lead to the classic Texas Tech sneaking out a win on us. I think we lose 30 to 27. Oof. Gosh. Yeah, I – I don't feel great about my prediction. I, I will say this coaching staff is definitely better than theirs. I know that doesn't mean a whole lot in years past, but we, one would like to think that it does this year. You already shown that whatever effort you put into Arkansas was dog shit. So you need to raise that up a level. Yeah. And hopefully that they recognize that at this point and can adjust. And yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I think there's definitely some sort of, let's call it a surprise on offense that you can kind of twist in and maybe it's worthy. Maybe it's Keelan, you know, as a receiver, Whittington doing something crazy or Casey, you know, running the ball himself more, uh, whatever that is. Yeah. I, I, we'll see something. Um, but how much better of a coach are you than Matt Wells? It's your paycheck says a lot, but yeah, who, yeah, who knows? That's a good point. I think, Ultimately, if we get pressure on their quarterback, then it's a totally different game. But if yeah. we're able, able to sit back there and, and do his thing, which I don't know what kind of pressure we're going to get if we haven't got much, uh, it could, no, get, we could get ugly. But I mean, dude, looking at it, it's actually crazy. They've only beaten us three times since 2003, but it feels like so much Damn. more. Obviously, well, the 2008 one has the yeah. impact of like five, five <laughs> or six games, but um, it feels like a lot more, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I that does not seem right. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here staring at it. I guess it's just because every game has been close that so they feel like they've beat us. But yeah. no, I think it's going to be tough. Um, 11 a.m. trying to create an environment. Um, uh, Weather's going to be perfect, though. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm excited about that. That's a good point. I think I will be there. I think drinking Modelo's. If we, we force okay, if we force two turnovers, we win the game. I agree with that. Two turnovers or a special team score, we win. So do you think we – does Bijan run for more rush yards or does a receiver have more receiving yards this game? Ooh, that's a good one. I'll say receiving. I'll just say receiver as well. <laughs> I think it's going to be now, kind of a good game. Like a lot of, a lot of like fast, long, uh, long plays that like just – end up making receivers yards like very much inflated on this game yeah i actually don't hate that okay let's go with that now more more receiving yards or more rushing yards overall though that's that's a tough one i guess we're kind of saying receiving yards but does hudson card touch the field well i mean he's the holder so yes ah dang it that's okay i'm sorry they asked him the only reason i know that is someone asked him that today and Sark kind of gave a snarky hey, uh, answer and oh, was like, and was like, yes, he's a football player. He will play football. Like he will snap. Is that considered being under center when you are holding? I don't think so. No. Okay. No, technically not. But I mean, this is also his 
third will be his third assuming he's still the holder will be his third game so plays one more and he burns that red shirt yeah i hope if anything comes out of this game is that we have that solidified guy going into big 12 play yeah but i mean that's the thing like if you have a solidified guy but it's a loss he's still like it's kind of a yeah, shitty feeling yeah i know can you correlate it could get a, a really good game um yeah i don't know that's that's a good point if we if we have an unbelievable game from casey but lose you kind of like it gets overshadowed. Right. exactly it just gets absolutely buried um okay so over under two turnovers more receiving yards than rushing yards um What's going to be the weird? Are we going to block a punt? Or are we going to block a punt? No. Field? It's going to be something we return, stupid. We're going to return a kickoff for a touchdown. That's my hot take. Okay. All right. I like that. I'll say like a crazy tipped interception. For us or against us? Either. But it's a huge play. <laughs> yes. Like okay. massive play that determines the outcome of the game. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll All right. Games of the week. Let's get into it. Quicker episode. Sorry, we don't have much to talk about. UNLV, Fresno State, yes. <laughs> Notre Dame at Wisconsin, 11 a.m. on Fox. They're playing at uh, Wisconsin's minus five. They're playing at Soldier Field, which is pretty sweet, so not technically a home game for anybody. Jack Cohn going against his own team. Notre Dame covered last week against Purdue. John knows that one. But they really struggled first through those first three quarters. I thought Purdue was going to kind of pull yeah. it out, but – I never really did, unfortunately. Wisconsin probably has a top ten defense, but just disgusting to watch on offense. I, I like Notre Dame to cover, but I don't, I don't know if they can win. Man, they they do not have that like vicious running attack that they always do. No, their, their offense is trash. Yeah, it's it's not fun to watch. This is gonna be a pretty I'm pretty glad that our games at the same time. I wouldn't want to. What has Wisconsin it. done since beating Penn State? Have they just been playing cupcakes? Yeah, well, they've they've only played like one other game. They've only played um, who else did they play? They beat the hell out of someone, Eastern Michigan. No, they only won thirty four to seven. Yeah, but Penn State's looking better, especially after last week. So, hmm. Aggie at Arkansas two thirty CBS Arkansas. Uh, sorry. Aggie is minus five in Jerry's world. <laughs> we know what Arkansas can do. That Aggie D line is very good and legitimate. It'll be fun seeing what KJ Jefferson can do against their D, and then we can just play transitive properties against that and compare ourselves to AM. Calzada looked terrible when he came in against Colorado, but then he settled down last week against New Mexico. Um, I still think Arkansas is kind of they they're feeling like the darling of this year. I listened to an interview with Sam Pittman. He sounds like a great coach to play for. I don't know. I like Arkansas in the upset, obviously biased, but still like him. I think AM, no, I think, you know, we clearly made it, uh, I guess, got the world's attention that Arkansas is not as bad as they normally are. Arkansas always plays AM well here, but I think AM is kind of rolling now with that new quarterback and they win by nine. Okay. So they cover. Damn. Uh, West Virginia at OU, 6.30 ABC. This is the Herb Street game, Herb Street uh, Fowler game. OU uh, is minus 19. OU played awful against Nebraska, but for some reason, Nebraska just didn't want to win that game. It was so frustrating. They just – man, I thought they could do it. Uh, Rattler. They wanted to get on everyone's Twitter feed but not be, like, too popular. 
it was just like Rattler. I don't know what it is, man. He doesn't look great. He looks he's off, like money big time this year. He what? He's losing money like crazy. This oh year. yeah, like I was talking to someone at OU, pretty fairly rational fan, and they're like, I don't see him starting next year. I just don't. That what's that kid behind him, Williams or something? Like, I don't it, know. they don't have the running backs because all those guys transferred or whatever got arrested or something. But oh shit! But they still have decent receivers and Rambo and how was that other guy's name? I, I don't know. Uh, West Virginia had the the big win against Vautech. That was like a total rat line where they were favorites and everyone just hammered Vautech because they beat North Carolina in the first game of the season. But I, I still think OU wins this game. This is – I'm not sold on anything West Virginia yet, but I can see them kind of backdoor cover. You know, they're up – they're OU's up by 24, you know, going into the fourth or something, and West Virginia scores late to kind of push it over. Yeah, that's crazy. That's not that many good games this weekend. No, that's really not. I don't even know where game day is. It's in uh, Chicago. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, but, at the Fox game, though, that doesn't make sense. Interesting. Uh, I didn't know you were going to actually do it. Go ahead. You did it. Of course I did it. What, Sean, are you kidding me? The biggest game of the week. The biggest game of the week, and everybody should tune into this on their ESPN app. Is it on the ESPN app? I don't I don't know. You get, you get to, like... Here's my promise to you and the gamblers, and more importantly to Marshall. If there is a line on this game, I will bet a hundred dollars on Midwestern State. <laughs> That's my promise to you. If I can find a line, I probably can't. These FCS games, they put out the line like ten minutes before because they know that they could be influenced so easily by like just a little bit of money. But John, what the hell are we talking about? So I'm actually texting Marshall right now if there's a line on his game that we can access. Okay. Uh, good friend, longtime friend of mine, Marshall Markham, is a coach at uh, a school in Wichita Falls, Texas. Yes, Wichita Falls, Texas, called Midwestern State, also known as Stang Gang. Stang uh, Gang. Follow him on Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want. Do hashtag Stang, Stang Gang, and you will see <laughs> – some entertaining tweets from uh, a bunch of guys. They predominantly uh, transfers from D1 schools, D2 schools, D3 schools, you name it. Uh, but they land there. They actually have something going this year. They are 3-0 with a couple upsets. You know, they got Eastern New Mexico State this week. That's a uh, – I don't know who that is, but, you know, it could be a good game. They're out of Portales, New Mexico, I believe. Um, don't know where that is, but – Big win last week against Angelo State, the uh, hometown of my family. Uh, that's their big team. But quarterback Dylan Sterling Cole had five touchdowns and I think 391 yards through the air, so he's feeling good. I think they only ran the ball like seven or eight times. Maybe not that, but they only had like less than 90 yards rushing, so really fun to watch. I kind of do want to watch them now. Um, the – Eastern New Mexico State got absolutely trounced last week by the Fighting John Cottons, um, the Texas A&M Kingsville uh, Havelinas. Got to have it. So I like the Mustangs. Easy. They've moved up to number fifteen in, in the nation. They're feeling good. Moved up. Angel of State was fifteen, and they just completely cucked them and took their took their uh, ranking. So yeah, love the Stangs this weekend. 
The game is available on streaming video via pay-per-view on the Lone Star Conference digital. No, okay. I'm out. Never mind. Free audio stream. I'm not done. I don't care about that, Marshall. I want to know if I can gamble on it. A free audio stream. A free audio stream. (laughs) Featuring the voice of the Mustangs, Pete Stein, is also available at msumustangs.com. So that's streaming. Uh, Wow. This is... Also, it's kind of cool. He and Cotton will play each other in a few weeks. Yeah, I know. OU in Wichita. We should just go to the game. Yeah, we'll just skip the OU and go to that big game. That's breast uh, breast cancer awareness game. Pink oh, oh, the other the other reason that they're going to absolutely wax that ass on the Greyhounds is it's the blackout game this week. <laughs> and, and I believe they're mixing in a diversity and equity day with the blackout. So, yeah. Yeah, just to make sure we're clear, it's Family Day slash Diversity and Inclusion Week. Right. Let's so blackout. The boys are re- no, it, and it says blackout. Yeah, I know. In parentheses, blackout. Yeah. So the boys are going to be fucking buzzing. The uh, oh whoa, um, the Greyhound volleyball pregame this Friday night is uh, a big hopping thing in Port Palos, uh, New Mexico. Now I'm looking at these pictures of the they have a Marshall like on and I'm just dying laughing. Wait, do they actually have a picture of him? Oh yeah. Coaches. What are the pictures? You gotta click on his little bio. Oh my god, Marshall, if you're listening, which I know you're not, that's unreal. <laughs> Good for him. That's awesome. All right, he Marshall. Passed he passed out on the field one day coaching too hard. So oh hey, we're three and oh and we're rolling. So left it all on the field. <laughs> all right. Thanks everybody for listening. We will see you next week. Oh, wait. Is it getting we're not fully cold chilly yet, but I think there is a cold front on the way. In there a few a weeks. It might be time to start pulling out those sweaters from the closet. It might be hitting a little bit early for, for me next week in terms of just how chilly it's getting. But everyone else, it'll you know, around two weeks, I believe, Troy Kimmel, the weather guy, told us. So, uh, Hey, it's good news. I'm staying up in uh, Dallas OU night. So I'll be there all, all that all that day. All right. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Hook them. I hear that you're doing unwell From your smile I could never tell You open up the door and the world pours in All of its problems, solutions and sins Everybody seems to have a remedy But there ain't no remedy that's ever gonna cure me Take it while it comes, cause it don't last long Hesitate and the moment's gone Run in the rain and howl at the moon Fall in love way too soon Take my hand as the music starts We'll dance to the beat of your
Take my hand 